Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy to have you here joining me in the passenger seat. I hope you had the best week, but if you didn't, I'm very glad that you're here. Let's talk about it. I really hope you did have a good week. It's been a whirlwind for me. I was going to record yesterday and then I didn't. And I'm really glad I didn't because there's a new Taylor Swift album going out and uh, my life has changed forever. So that's exciting. Uh, (laughs) I really, I really was screaming in my living room, like, the best way I can describe it, like, I was kind of, like, standing up and running around, like, my very small apartment, kind of like the mailman had come and I was a dog, like... (laughs) something something's going on (laughs) something's going on like I knew she was gonna say something like she just had this look on her eyes and then like um the look that Dylan O'Brien gave to fuck I don't remember the name of her uh I think it's her videographer but they like gave each other a look like they knew something was coming and I was like fuck this is happening (laughs) I freaked out so I'm pretty freaking excited about that. So if you haven't um, already pre-saved and pre, uh, pre-purchased the album, go ahead and do that. It's called Midnights. <laughs> Saying this like she needs the promo from me. Like, <laughs> like, like my podcast is going to be the make or break for this album succeeding. But whatever. When you love someone, you promote them no matter what. <laughs> Anyways. What's up? What's poppin'? What's new? It's been, well, an interesting week. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you what happened with Shrimp and Irish Cocktail Man. And um, it's inter- it, it's interesting. I'll say that it's interesting. Long story short, we did go mini golfing. So there's that. <laughs> but okay, so here's what happened. Basically, so he sends me this text. I'm like, what the fuck? Freaks out. I agreed, like, after we recorded on Sunday, Claudia helped me send a text. I was basically like, I think we should talk about this, but I'd like to do it in person. And then I said, what are your avails? (laughs) Because I thought that that was funny. (laughs) Like, I was sending an email, like, what are your avails? Um, And so we ended up doing Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Great time. 
I basically was having a mental breakdown and I booked a last minute flight to Charleston to be with my family, like completely random. And that was like a really funny trip. And I would love to tell you guys all about that. But like, actually, you know, what? I'll take a quick minute to explain to you why this was so funny. So this was for my cousin's um, graduation, he had everybody like the whole family kind of in this one house on an island okay not like an island island but like isle of palms in charleston so it's like sort of an island but not really okay here's the crew it's my cousin david um my cousin emily and her girlfriend and then my dad my mom couldn't go because she had her first day of work and also the baby dog she had to watch the baby dog so my dad's like basically alone he doesn't have like a he's like the third wheel here and then there's my cousin's dad and his girlfriend, who is 20 to 30 years younger than him, and then his ex-wife, who is David's mom, who is remarried and brought her new husband. Everybody just in one house together. It was tense. And my dad called me to tell me about it on Saturday night. And I was like, oh, I'm going. <laughs> like, I'm coming. I have to come. And I'm glad I did because it was really, it was really fun. Also, it was really nice to just like... When's the last time you splish splashed around in a pool? Like, I feel like as an adult, you can't go to the pool and just like splash around. You know, you got to like swim, swim or like work out or whatever. And I literally was just splishing and, and splashing. And it was really great. I felt like a little kid. And then I went to the beach and I don't know, something about the beach, man. Looking at the ocean, like I don't fuck with the ocean, but like from a distance, I'm like, you know what? This is soothing. So I felt like I got back and I had the time to think and I was in the right headspace. So Thursday comes, I, I get, I touch down, I took a nap, I got ready. I planned my outfit specifically. I wanted the outfit to say like, you fucked up. But I'm like not even trying that hard. Like I'm just cute. So I wore my little Aritzia tennis skirt, which I know looks really cute on me. And then, you know, that orange top that makes my boobs look really good. I wore that, too. And then I just wore like sneakers because like I'm not trying, you know, like I'm just chilling. So he met me at my place and we were going to go on a walk. I was planning to be such a bitch. I want you guys to know that I really was. And it's not like my natural inclination or my natural setting. I like practiced, you know, I practiced facial expressions. I practiced what I was going to say. I <laughs> fuck. And then I fuck. I saw him like I was walking out of the building after taking a Valium, a whole Valium. I walk out the building. I like see him standing there. And immediately I'm like, well, fuck. Like I know for a goddamn fact, if he gives me a good enough apology, I'm going to fold like a fucking lawn chair. So I didn't know what to do. Like everything was like tossed out of the window in that one second. And I'm just like, shit, what do I do? What do I do? I'm freaking out. And I panicked. And like I walked up to him and he was like, hi. And he kind of like held his arm out to do like a greeting hug, you know. And I just like panicked. And I was just like, I'm not going to hug you. because I was like trying to be rude. But then I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad. Like I felt like that was too rude. So I said, yet. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so he's uncomfortable off the bat. I'm uncomfortable off the bat. That's <laughs> like a weird thing to say. But because I took the Valium and because I knew I like very much had the power in the situation, I felt okay. Um, and also he was so nervous, like he could not get a single sentence out. He was trying, I was like, so how are you? And he's like, was like, was it, well, it's kind of a broad, it's a broad, it's a broad, it's a broad. Quite, quite, quite question, you know, like where, where you know, I could go go a lot of avenues with it. <laughs> he just like could not get a sentence out, and I was like, okay, then I feel okay because like clearly you're way more nervous than I am, and yes, it could be the drugs, but also it makes me feel better that like I don't really have to try. So I like kind of 
stayed calm, cool, collected, and he was very nervous. So we walked over to the pier and we sat. We ended up talking for like an hour. And first of all, he's just like a very easy person to talk to. And I forgot how easy he is to talk to. Um, And I could have just honestly talked about nothing for a while. But I'm glad we ended up talking about like what happened. And it was a hard conversation. But in the same sense, like it was very easy because like I did feel comfortable being vulnerable about, you know, the way that I had felt and the way that the text made me feel. I like um, was able to ask all the questions that I have. He like was very honest about answering everything. He was very apologetic. He agreed that the text was the worst text of all time. He told me that he sent it to his sister like after he'd sent it. And she was like, why? Why did you not send this to me before you sent it? My first question I asked him actually off the bat was like, do you know what August is about? And he was like, no, look, listen, listen, I understand. After I sent it, I read it and I went, fuck. (laughs) So that was good. I mean, it was was good. And I did feel like he was being genuine. And I also like, this might sound pathetic and maybe it is, but I'm not sure I've ever had a conversation with a man in this kind of context where like he's done something wrong and he's apologizing for it. And it's not like um, like he's not getting defensive over the things that I'm saying. Like I'm just like stating my feelings and he's not like getting defensive over even like the harsher things. He's also not kind of like internalizing it. I feel like a lot of guys do this thing that is so fucking annoying where they like internalize the things that you're saying where you're like, you hurt me. And they take that as like, you think I'm like this terrible, horrible, awful, no good, very bad person. And I suck and I'm terrible. And then all of a sudden, like you're comforting them about something they did to you? I mean, this has happened more times than I can count. It did not happen in this situation. And then I kind of asked him, like, well, what what do you want? <laughs> like, what are you looking for? Like, what would you, what are you looking for going forward? And I think, and he kind of asked me the same and we both like waffled over it. Like, we both were kind of like, I mean, it's, it was hard to say. Uh, we don't know each other. It's been a long time and I don't want to jump in and blah, 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 blah. But we both clearly wanted to, like, try something again. And, um, yeah, long story short, we are going to try again slowly. Very slowly. Very, very, very slowly. (laughs) Very. I'm going to reiterate this very slowly because I do still have concerns and I obviously, like, am still a little nervous. Like, I'm supposed to see him tomorrow. So today's Monday. I'm supposed to see him on Tuesday. And he texted me today and I'm still like, what if he ghosts me again? Like, what if he just like, what if I just like never see him again? Like, what if it could happen? Um, so I think it'll take a little bit of time to get there. But yeah, we did go mini golfing after and it was really fun. And he did not try to touch me at all, which was great. <laughs> I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but like it, in this kind of situation, it was very comforting that like he was very respectful of those boundaries and like did not try to... Like, made it very clear that it wasn't, like, about sex, which, I, I don't know. I, it, it was nice. It was nice. So, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I also went on a date on Friday, which was super great. He was really great. He was really nice, um, funny, Jewish, handsome. One problem, he was older than me. And whenever I go out with guys who are, like, 10 years older than me, I expect for them to be, like, <laughs> a little Peter Pan syndrome, you know? Because, like, why are you going out with a 26-year-old? You know what I mean? Um this man was not 
like he made it very clear that he's like looking to get married and like I'm all for having a serious relationship like that's the point in my life that I'm at like I'm ready for a serious relationship I am not ready to get married capital M married I'm not there I'm not there so he was great but I was like I don't think I I don't think this is gonna work out but we'll see I might see him again I'm in my flirty little dates era. I got asked on like four dates in 24 hours. It was crazy. All of a sudden, after like having nothing all summer, I was like a pariah all summer. And then all of a sudden, cuffing season comes around. And everyone's like, you know what? Actually, actually, she's not so bad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling giggly and stupid, but that's nice. It's nice. I feel I feel happy. Um, I was really happy. So, Yeah. We will see what happens, and I will keep you updated every step of the way. I told him I, uh, shrimp and Irish cocktail guy, I told him I made fun of him on the podcast, and he's like, well, obviously, like, you would be remiss in your duties as a podcaster if you didn't. And I was like, there we fucking go. Like, never once have I really had a man understand that. (laughs) So it was nice, but we'll see. We'll see. Taking it slowly, very, very slowly, one step at a time. I did also tell him that, like, if this is going to, this is gonna work like I need to see fucking effort you know like I need to be wooed I need to be courted because I need to see like actionable proof that like he's pursuing me for the right reasons kind of thing and um he said I'm I'm going to be wooed on Tuesday so (laughs) we'll see I will let you know what happens and yeah that's kind of my weekend update interesting weekend I also saw Elvis Austin Butler was really sexy in it really sexy and now I'm like obsessed with Priscilla Presley like I want to do my makeup like her a little bit fucked up that they did not talk in the movie about the fact that she was a 13 years old when they met, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not okay. The movie making it, you know, not apparent was fine. You know, whatever. It's It happened, but also creepy. I guess they didn't get married until she was like 21, though, but still. I don't know. It's giving groomer Elvis, okay? Um, anyways. What are we going to talk about today? What are we talking about today? Okay, so first of all, I want to talk about some first year of college tips because it's uh, it's back to school season. Many of you probably are already back at school, but like thought I would give this a, a little college try. <laughs> I mean, I have plenty to say about college, so we'll go through that. Um, and then we have some fun, cute voicemails. So we've got one that said, help. I really like one of my friends. What do I do? I got one that says, help. I think I said something insane. What do I do? I got one that asked, is it anti-feminist? Do you think a man should pay for the date? Thought that was interesting. We can talk about that. Um, there was a voicemail about dealing with embarrassment. There is one about mental health medication, which I've been meaning to talk about anyway. So let's have a conversation about that. And then one about how to express your needs before you define the relationship. Uh, and then we'll do our song and then we'll do our outro. And that will be the episode. So if that sounds fun, fresh, fierce, <laughs> That's a Katy Perry song. Um, if that sounds good to you, keep on listening. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. 
StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and you know your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LND. Okay, college. (laughs) College. College. First year of college in particular. There are different categories of advice I can give here, but I'm going to start with academic because I feel like Sometimes we forget that we go to college for the school part of it. Okay, my first tip is to go to class. I know that that sounds really obvious, but you have to remember this is your first time away from home. This is your first time setting your own schedule. This is your first time on your own. Sometimes without that external motivation to go to school, um, it can be hard to get yourself to do it. Like, it's really easy to be like, well, I'm in charge of myself and I don't want to go to class today, you know. But a lot of times the difference between 
you know, letter grades can be whether or not you attended. But with that, so you're going to get a syllabus for every class that you have on your schedule. And that syllabus, you're going to need to read it like it is the Bible. Okay, I need you to commit that shit to memory. But it tells you exactly how to pass the class. Like that is like your cheat sheet guide on how to pass the class. It's also going to tell you what the attendance policy is. There are some professors that don't give a shit. They like really don't care if you come to class or not. There's no attendance points. There's no attendance grades. There's no clickers, especially in like a really big lecture hall. If like you miss class, it is what it is in those kind of situations. But you need to know that that that's a class that you can miss. Like write that down in your fucking planner. Write it on your tattoo it on your skin. Like I can miss bio 101 if I need to because, you know, whatever reason, because there's no attendance policy. But there are also a lot of classes where, you know, if you miss, you can miss up to three classes and then for every class you miss, you go down a letter grade. Like that is very common. So you need to know, like, this is a class I really can't miss. And if you do miss a class, you better write the fuck down when you missed it and how many you missed. Because you need to make sure that you're not missing more than three. And if, God forbid, on your grade at the end of the year, there's like a, at the end of the semester, there's like a, well, you missed four classes, so I had to bump you down. And you say, fuck, no, I didn't miss four classes. I wrote it down in my goddamn planner and you're wrong. I mean, that's a good thing to know. I also kind of had like a schedule. <laughs> Look, I, I was not maybe the poster child for going to class, but I made myself a little um, schedule where I wrote up like every class that I had that semester, how many classes I was able to miss during that semester um, and then I would like mark off when I did miss those classes and I used every goddamn one of those days okay because sometimes you just don't want to fucking go but you have to be careful about it you have to be strategic about it you cannot be silly and dumb about it it's a really big adjustment to be completely in charge of your own life and that's a big part of that first year of college issue a lot of first year like a lot of first semester particularly freshmen like do really poorly, (laughs) like have terrible GPAs, like really get on academic probation, myself being one of them, because that newfound freedom and the sense of like, there's nobody here to tell me what to do. um, It's a blessing, but it's also a curse. And you have to figure it out for yourself. And a lot of times, you know, you're 18 and like your decision making skills are perhaps not the best that they'll ever be. And you, you might not have the best GPA freshman year. You might not have the best GPA first semester of freshman year, but don't don't freak out about it. You can get back on track really easily. And also, there is a difference between your overall GPA and your your major GPA. Unless you have a job and unless you have a job where like people's lives depend on the grades that you get, no one's going to goddamn check. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody cares. No one knows. No one cares. It doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. Um, like... Your major GPA is the classes that you take specifically for your major, and they're usually in your second half of your academic career. And then your overall GPA includes gen gen ed, like general education classes. My general, like my overall GPA, trash. Not good because I fucking those those gen eds. The gen eds freshman and sophomore year, they just, they killed me. They killed me. But C's get degrees. Am I right, ladies? Um, but my, my major GPA was really good because I actually cared about those classes. I always went and I did really well on, on every assignment that I turned in and I participated in class because those are classes I really cared about. So if I were to have a resume where I needed to like turn something in, I would say, yeah, these are the classes that I took that are relevant to the job that I'm applying for. And this, this was how I did. And like, that would be more important. So 
but all of that to be all of that said like don't <laughs> go to class but if you have a hard time academically your first semester don't think that it like derails your whole college career or think that you're like gonna fail out of school like it's actually very common and very normal and you can easily get back on track. Um, the second academic thing I want to say is like 8 a.m.s. Okay, I know what you thought when you signed up for an 8 a.m. Okay, I know what you thought. I know what you thought you thought. I went to high school every day at 8 a.m. So how much different could it be? It's different. <laughs> it's not the same thing. When you're in high school, you have this scaffolding in place, right? You have you know, theoretically a parent or a guardian who's telling you you have to go to school. You have um, attendance policies where like if you're late or you don't go, you might get a detention and that's like an immediate consequence. Um, and then also, you know, you go to school at 8 a.m. and then you stay until 3 p.m. And like that's your day, you know, versus you have an 8 a.m. class that might be 50 minutes long and then like you go back to your dorm. And sometimes it's like, why would I get up at 8 a.m. to go to this 50 minute class and then I don't have another class until one o'clock. Like, why don't I just sleep in and go to the one o'clock class? Like the temptation is way too strong. Like, and that just might be me. Like I am not a morning person, but I had to learn that the hard way. And listen, most colleges, if you, most colleges have like, you know, syllabus week, that kind of thing. And there's like a two week or so grace period where you can switch your classes or drop classes if you need to. If you are like me and you are not a fucking morning person and you have an 8 a.m. on that schedule, Drop it, girl. Just drop it. Drop it. You can always take another gen ed. Like, you really can. Like, I promise you, there will be another time. I also utilize summer school a lot. So, like, I took two gen eds, like, every summer in summer schools just so I could get those out of the way and I didn't have to take stupid 8 a.m. lectures. You know what I mean? But that was me. I am not a morning person. Like, I, I can't do that. I know myself, but I learned that the hard way. And, you know, that's part of the thing. Like, you're going to learn lessons and you're going to have to learn them the hard way because while college is a closed, um, a closed environment and, like, you can't fuck up like that bad, you can still fuck things up because you're in charge. Technically, you're in charge. And... That's a lot of pressure. And if it's the first time you're doing it, that's going to be an issue, um, especially like when it comes to food, food, the freshman 15. People always talk about that. Is it real? Is it not real? Is it something you need to worry about? Like, yes and no. Dining hall food is high in sodium and high in fat. Usually it's not like the most nutritious because it has to be mass produced. So it's difficult. So as long as you so I would encourage you like as often as you can <laughs> to like include just like a fruit and a vegetable with every meal like that's all I'm asking from you like please don't get scurvy like I know the pizza is good and like the burgers or I don't know whatever they've got is good I'm sure it is you're gonna get so fucking sick of it by the end of my freshman year I was like I was just begging to go home and have my mom make me a chicken breast like that's all I wanted like all I wanted was like plain food and not like the dining hall food so um yeah fruit and vegetable with every meal and you'll feel better drink a lot of fucking water I did not drink any water freshman year. I don't know how I survived. I, I drank nothing. I drank no water. I drank so much alcohol and no water. Socially, the only thing I want to say really about your first semester of college, um, there are a lot of people who do not like click or like find their rhythm their first semester. Like a lot of people don't feel you know, you might be still homesick or you might just have not found the right friends or you don't like your classes or you don't like where you're living or something like that where it's just like doesn't click for you. But I'm urging you to like if that's you and that's how you're feeling, like stick it out and see how you feel after another semester, because I know so many people who were not really into it first 
semester. Like, just did, were like really unhappy. And then they found their way second semester and they were really glad that they stayed. So I would stick it out. And if you don't, if you don't feel like it's your place or you don't like it or you're really unhappy, there's nothing wrong with that either. There really is nothing wrong with doing what is right for you. I think before you go to college, there is this feeling of like everyone's on the same path, going the same places, doing the same things. And you kind of want to continue that through college because you don't have to think about it as much. It's like a kind of a no brainer. But you're at an age now where you can make your own choices and make your own decisions and go your own way. And if the college you're at or college in general is not that for you, is not the right path that you want to take, it is your choice to figure out what you do want to do. And that is scary. It's a lot of pressure to figure that out. But now's the time to do it. I mean, 18 to 22, like, it's a really big period of change, not just like in your life, but also like in your development. There is a huge difference between like an 18-year-old high school senior and like an 18-year-old college freshman at the end of that year. You know, like you're going to grow and develop so much over that year. So don't stress too much if it doesn't feel super right at first. Because you eventually find your way. And if you don't find it at first, it might feel like, well, everybody else seems to be happy. Everybody else seems to know what they're doing and it seems what they want. Trust me, nobody knows. No one knows. There might be like one freak who knows. <laughs> like There might be one weirdo who's like, yes, I have always wanted to be a business manager at a midsize coffee chain I don't know they're like there's maybe someone who like has always known exactly what they want to do and they're doing like they're on that path and they're on it but most people are are kind of like I'm gonna figure it out as I go you come in with one idea you change your mind a hundred times so if you feel confused or lost or you feel like you haven't found your friends or you feel like you just don't know what's right for you stick it out and then make the decision at the end of the year college is a great time I mean I was fully fucking traumatized in college and <laughs> And even I can say that college was really important for my development. Like, had a miserable fucking time a lot of the time, still would do it again because it was really important for development and was really important for me just growing up and becoming a person and realizing what I liked and what I cared about. The number one thing is just like, if it feels confusing, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're a little bit lost, if you don't know what you want, if you don't understand where classes are or what you're even taking or why you're taking it, like... These are normal things. These are normal feelings. Everything you're feeling, probably everyone around you is also feeling. And that's a beautiful thing. Everyone is equally confused. And eventually you're going to find your own way and you find your own path and enjoy this time where everything is like a blank page on the desk. Like that's very exciting. And you're going to have a blast and have the best freshman year. And with that, let's get into our first two voicemails. Okay, let's get into this first voicemail where our caller really likes one of their friends and they're not sure what to do. Hi, Ellie. You are the best. Um, I kind of have a random internal thought that needs to be said out loud, but I think I like one of my friends and I'm not really sure how to approach it because I feel like the energy is there. But it's almost like a game of cat and mouse. I'm like, who's going to break first? So 
I just was wondering your advice for how you would go about that. Thank you so much. Okay. I have a lot to say about this. I don't want to come in here with my like poisoned little attitude because like it has never once worked out for me to go after a friend. And like you guys know, I am the most optimistic person. Like I believe in love. I believe it like I am optimistic to a fault. But I just and I've seen it work out for other people. But like it's very hard for me when it comes to like relationships with a friend because it has never worked out for me. But all of that said, couple things you want to consider before you make any kind of move. What would happen if they rejected you? Like, how would that affect you? How would that feel? Would you be able to handle that? Would you be able to be around them? Would you be able to still be friends? Like, how would the rejection, if it were to happen, affect you, your friend group, him? Like, how would things change or not change if that were to happen? That's a really important question. I think sometimes we dive into things without really thinking about what the consequences would be if they don't work out. Um, But that's something you're going to want to think about. And if you think the consequences are like, well, it would be a little weird for a minute and then we would be fine because we're good friends. That's fantastic. Go on ahead. Um, The second thing is how good of friends are you? (laughs) Like, is this your best fucking friend that you talk to every day? Because if you start something and it doesn't work out, like you're not going to get that back. I mean, you might, but like there's a very high chance that you're not going to get that kind of friendship back. And you have to decide like is pursuing a romantic or sexual relationship worth the loss of that friendship potentially? Another question to ask yourself. But if you've gone through all the risks and you're like, listen, I'm into it. I'm down for it. Whatever happens, happens. Like, this is worth it for me. Like, I really like this guy and I really want to see what happens here. The only thing stopping you is yourself. Do you spend time with him alone? I feel like that's how always how I knew. Like, there would be like moments, you know, like we would be like hanging out on the couch or something and it would be normal for a second and then there would be like one weird moment of like are we gonna kiss right now um and I feel like that's how I always knew when there was something there with a friend because it was you know as Taylor Swift says you can hear it in the silence I don't think there needs to be like a big declaration of feelings that you do I definitely would not put it in writing but if you're ever like hanging out and things are being flirty um and the moment feels right I think you can just say in like a very like fun cute flirty way one-on-one do not do this in front of people (laughs) but a very fun cute flirty way like all right I have a question have you ever thought about kissing me I know that that sounds insane I know that that sounds really bold and it is but I think it just like cracks the door open enough that like you could be like, haha, joking, just kidding, hee hee, kidding. If he was like, ew, no, never, like we're friends, you could feel like, oh, thank God, because we were just talking about, you know, how every you can't be friends with guys and like they always want to kiss you. So I was curious, like you could totally back away from it. But if he like took that seriously and was like, honestly, yeah, I have thought about it. That's where you can kind of crack that door a little further and be like, yeah, I've thought about it too and see what happens. I think that that's a good avenue into things like make it fun, make it fresh, make it flirty. Don't make it like, I love you. <laughs> like, Don't make it too serious. Um, maybe do it in a setting where that's more social. Like if you're drinking, if you're at like a bar and you're just hanging out in the corner or yeah, just something very casual. Because I feel like if you never ask, if you never try to be bold, 
I mean, something may never happen. Men are cowards. Like men are just as scared as rejection of rejection, if not more than we are, because I think men experience rejection a little bit more often, at least romantic rejection. Um, and I think the idea of making a move in this kind of situation would be really scary for someone if they didn't want to ruin a friendship, for example. But if you crack the door, if you make it clear that you might be interested, I mean, what do I always say? If he wanted to, he would, but sometimes he doesn't know that you want him to. <laughs> um, you crack the door a little bit, show him that like you have that little bit of interest, right? Like, would you? Like, have you ever thought about it? Like, <laughs> then it's on him kind of like you've, you've kind of thrown the ball into his court to either open the door wider or shut that door and it's kind of a low stakes way to be rejected if you're gonna be or a low stakes way to like start the conversation if that conversation wants to be started I know that I sounded so anti-dating your friends in the beginning and like for myself personally it just has never worked out so I wouldn't do it personally but for you like I if you like somebody go for it life is fucking short I know that it can get complicated with like guy friends, but man, I don't know. If you like him, just tell him. No. Yeah. Life is short. And why not? I think if it works out, it could be really worth it. So worth a shot. I want you to try that and then let me know if you do it. Don't be scared because there's always a way to play it off like you did not mean it seriously. We love lying here. Lying is so fun. We love to lie. <laughs> lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. Am I right, ladies? Anyways, <laughs> that's my advice there. Let's get into this next little voicemail um, where someone is a little bit worried that they said something insane and might have ruined a relationship. Hey, Ellie. Um, just wanted to say I love your show. I've been a huge fan for a lot of years now, so I really need your advice. So I've been seeing this guy for about six weeks, and it's been going really well. And I don't know, I just said something fucking insane to him tonight, and now I can't stop overthinking it. So a little bit of backstory. When I first met him, um, I was at the bar with one of my really good friends, and we met him and one of his best friends. And, you know, he and I ended up smooching. It was really fun. But I feel like that night could have gone so much more differently because he and, well, he and my friend were dancing, and then I was dancing with his friend, and I feel like that night just could have gone a lot differently, but, you know, we ended up smooching, and then we've been hanging out, and I think we're exclusive. I mean, it, it just could have gone a lot differently. So all of that to say, um, tonight he was driving me home, and I was like, you know, I was just thinking how much differently that night could have gone. I could have, you know, kissed your friend. It could have gone so much more differently, and how I meant it was I'm so happy that it turned out the way that it did. And even after I explained it in the way that I met, I could tell he was still really weirded out. And now I worried I ruined things. I'm just a little nervous. So I just really need your advice. But love you. Thanks. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you did put your foot in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> Like, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like level, I'm not gonna tell you that that was like an insane, unredeemable thing to say. Like, you could never come back from this. You fucked up so bad. You didn't. Like, it's fine. It's, but oh my God. <laughs> it is giving something I would say. So I feel you. So, but I, I feel like, um, based on his reaction, like, 
I don't I wouldn't say that you again did something like super crazy. Like you were just saying like it's crazy that things can turn out so differently. Like what if I had gone home with your friend instead of you or like what if things hadn't happened between us? Like that would be so sad. Like I really like you know what we have and I'm glad that things worked out like this but it's crazy how like one thing different like and everything could have been different that's like kind of a normal thing to say I feel like it's a it's a little silly like it's a little like oh my god (laughs) maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that but also it's like fine I don't think it's like egregious you know and I think with his reaction Based on what you said, it sounds like he's a little bit insecure. Like maybe this is a friend who he always worries about. Like maybe this is a friend who kind of gets the girl and he doesn't get the girl. And he's been worried about that situation since it happened. You know, like maybe he's just feeling like what you're saying is like, oh, you were a second choice or something like that. And honestly, all of that is understandable. Like we all get insecure from time to time it doesn't make him like a bad person to feel a little weird about it and it does not make you like a monster or a psycho for saying that I think it was just like a weird moment captured and those things happen weird moments happen and you just have to give it time I would not like (laughs) I would not like prod it further like this is not a situation where I feel like you need to be like hey, so the other night I said this thing and I feel like you got weird and I wanted to apologize. And like, you don't need to communicate about this. It was just like a weird moment. And I think you should just kind of let it dissipate. Just let it dissipate. Don't don't bring it up because it seems like it's something he's a little bit sensitive about. And while I do not believe in catering to the sensitivities of insecure men, I also think that this is a moment where you both were just like, ah, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what just happened. Uh, And I did not like it. So... Maybe we just ignore it and let it be and show him in action again that like you're choosing him over and over, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like he might just need a little bit of reassurance that you really genuinely are choosing him and like you really want to be with him and, and love that you do get to be with him. So instead of focusing on what actually was said or feeling like you need to fix that situation that happened in the past, like past is the past, um, focus on in the now and in the present and in the future, just showing him that you meant what you said when you said you're really glad it turned out the way that it did. We all need reassurance from time to time. And while he could be a big boy and ask for it, I think unless he says something explicitly to you, like, hey, I really fucking hated that you said that. It made me really unhappy. It made me uncomfortable, made me insecure. It made me feel bad about myself. Like, you don't need to, like, apologize. You don't need to, like, worry too much about it. It was truly just one moment that your brain has latched onto and has decided, like, oh, that was the end. That was the downfall. But if you allow yourself to get into that rabbit hole of, like, I fucked it up, I fucked it up. That is a form of self-sabotage. That's a way that you can dig yourself in a hole and not be able to get back. So do not dig the hole. (laughs) There's like a little indent in the ground. Just leave it. Just leave the hole, the indent, whatever. Walk away and move forward. I hope that that helps. Because not everything needs to be rehashed. Not everything needs to be apologized for. Not everything needs to be communicated to death. Sometimes there are just weird things that happen and we move past them. So... I hope that that makes you feel better. I promise you're not insane. I promise you did not ruin anything. And if you did, like, if that was too much for him, like, then he's a fucking loser. And you should go fuck his friend. (laughs) And I mean that. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, that's what I have to say about that. Let's get into our next two voicemails. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so this voicemail really intrigued me because it's something that I think about a lot and I think a lot of us have feelings and thoughts about. So let me play this voicemail and then we'll we'll chat about it. Hi, Ali. My question this week has to do with first dates. Recently, I've been going on so many hinge dates and it's been a blast. But what I wanted to talk about this week is what you should do on a date that someone asked you on when the check comes. Do you real offer? Do you fumble your bag and fake offer or don't offer at all and then say next time it's on you? I'm not someone who usually gets like crazy or overthinks like this kind of stuff, but I've just been in some super weird situations recently. And is it sort of anti-feminist of me to want the man to pay on the first date? After the first date, I like, don't care about, like, being even or, like, splitting anything. But I just feel like on the first date, it's nice when the man pays. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on this topic. And, yeah, thank you. So, I don't think that it is inherently anti-feminist to think a man should pay for the date. I also think that this is like something that nobody even gives a shit about in the real like normal people like I'm I'm sorry I'm not like calling you weird for calling in about this. I think that men sometimes are like okay like reactionary loser men who are like women want equality. Oh how dare they if you want equality you have to pay for shit and it's like okay you only care about this you only care about this because you're seeing women have more quality in the workplace or politics or fucking whatever. I don't know. You're seeing women, you know, have more rights and that bothers you. And so you say, well, then they should pay for stuff. And you know what? Those same fucking men would be so emasculated if you did offer to pay that tab, if you did pay it for them. So it's like, whatever. It's not anti-feminist to think a man should pay for the date. If you're in a heterosexual relationship, I think that there is kind of that you know, expectation. Um, It doesn't have to be like that. I will always offer. I will always do the reach. Sometimes the reach is a little more fake than other times. I mean, I went out with a celebrity once and I still did the reach, even though I was like, my entire net worth is what you make in a month. So I'm obviously not fucking paying. (laughs) Like You are obviously paying with your credit card that weighs more than I do. But I still did the reach because it's like a polite thing to do. And, you know, you do the reach and then you both put, you know, if he wants to split, then you split. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you or if it's like it doesn't mean it's impolite. It just means I like you're splitting and it's not a big deal. But I do think paying is a really nice gesture. I think it just 
is it's like an effort thing. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy, obviously. Like you don't have to you, you should not expect a man to be spending like a lot of money on you. But like the effort of just being like, listen, I wanted to take you to a drink and I'm going to pay for it because I'm happy to like be around you kind of thing. I think that's really sweet. Although honestly, like to be completely honest, like my guy friends pay for me, you know, like my guy friends won't let me pay for like coffee if we have coffee. Like we're like, I don't know. There is like a something about masculinity there that I could get into that I don't care enough about to do. But no, I don't think it's like a bad thing to expect that. But you should do the reach and you should always offer to split. Like if the, I think splitting is also really nice. I have no problem with that. And I would honestly even pay. I think because uh, this is obviously such like a. Um, this is obviously only really a thing in like heterosexual relationships. I feel like generally speaking, if you don't want, like if it does make you uncomfortable or you don't want to be like, if it makes you feel like you are being anti-feminist to assume a man is going to pay for a date, first of all, you can always split. But then also like you can change your own philosophy and feel like, okay, whoever set up the date like whoever asked who on the date that's the person who pays for the date that's a super fair way to do things as well like that way there there can be kind of like more of an even exchange you know like he asked you on the first date he pays you ask him on the second date you pay like that kind of thing like but I think we're like overthinking it I think even thinking about it in terms of gender dynamics is overthinking it because at the end of the day when you're going out with somebody presumably someone that you like it's a really sweet gesture and a nice way to show that you care about them by paying for the date like it doesn't matter who you are what you're doing like in either case it's just the nice thing to do to like pay and also past the first date I feel like it doesn't matter as much I feel like the first date one or the other should pay because it's just like the polite nice thing to do and then second third whatever like you can split it does not matter like I feel like it's the it's I feel like it is like a first date thing of like a I like you and I'm gonna show you that <laughs> with my credit card now <laughs> I don't know I mean it's complicated you you can get into all this nuance and I think people on like TikTok and Tumblr have talked in circles about this forever but if I'm being completely honest yeah I do think it's nice when a man pays for the first date. And I don't think that that is anti-feminist of me at all. And I think the only people who think that that's anti-feminist are people who don't understand feminism and angry men that are mad that women are asking for equality. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you're saying that because women have are getting equality, we should also pay for the dates. But it's like, well, we don't have equality yet. Like, I will start paying for 100% of the dates <laughs> once women have actual equity and equality. Like, sure fine whatever like in the utopian future where that happens <laughs> sure <laughs> anyways all right that's kind of all my thoughts about that but I do want to hear your thoughts on that if you have more thoughts if you have feelings if you have strong feelings either way um, let me know about that because I want to hear about it and we can do a larger conversation about that but let's get into this next DM sorry this next voicemail talking about dealing with embarrassment Hi, Ellie. This is so scary that I'm calling you. I don't know why, but I've been a huge fan since, like, 2017 when I followed you on Twitter, and I'm not going to say that I probably favorite every single one of your tweets, but I think I do favorite every single one of your tweets. Um, and I'm actually driving right now, and I almost got in an accident because I'm so distracted, but it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Um, anyway, 
I'm listening to one of your episodes with Julia, and it got me thinking about how to not be embarrassed when you do embarrassing things. For example, last week I added a kid on Snapchat in the middle of the night, someone that I have very obviously been flirting with in person, and nothing really happened from it. We're kind of friends, but I added him on Snapchat, and a whole week later he has not added me back. I know what you're thinking. Why are you using Snapchat? You're 23. That's immature. Yes, I know it's immature. But he didn't add me back. And now the weekend is approaching, and I'm scared that I'm going to see him at the bar, and I'm going to say hi. It's going to be super awkward because he just fully ignored my request and didn't add me back. So how do I not be embarrassed about something like that? How do I not be embarrassed about texting someone late at night and them not responding or responding in the morning like, oh, sorry, I was asleep. How do I not care about these things? I know that I am just a small speck of dust in the whole universe and nothing matters. I tell myself nothing matters, but even when I continue to say that, I still get super shy and feel so uncomfortable when something like this happens. Like when I get rejected, I'm so embarrassed or if I shoot my shot and I completely miss, I want to hide and not go out in public for the next month so they forget about it. But unfortunately, I can't just do that. So if you have any advice on how to curb feeling embarrassed and feeling uncomfortable when you do something silly, when you're drunk, if I say something stupid, which I say stupid shit all the time, excuse my language, I say stupid stuff all the time to girls, guys, friends, doesn't matter if it's someone that I'm trying to be in a relationship with, X, Y, Z, I just don't know how to not feel ashamed. I don't know. I always feel ashamed about everything that I do. And maybe it's a confidence issue, but help a sister out. I love you so much. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say and wait for your next episode. Bye. You know what's funny? The best way to deal with embarrassment, like that feeling of like, I fucked everything up and oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm weird and I did something weird. I said something weird and everyone hates me, blah, blah, blah. The best way to deal with those feelings of embarrassment is to just literally pretend nothing happened. (laughs) Like, it literally is lying. Like, lying is the solution. I don't know why lying is the solution on two of the voicemails today, but truly, like, lying is the solution. Like, if you just lie and you're like, oh, forgot that even happened. Ha ha ha. You act like it does not affect you at all. Eventually, it kind of does stop affecting you because people follow your lead, right? First of all, well, this is the first thing. No one really gives a shit about what you do, <laughs> like, <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> I don't mean that in, like, a rude way. But really, people kind of don't care what you do. People are very wrapped up in their own worlds. So something that seems really, really embarrassing to you, um, it probably just they didn't even register for them. They've never even thought about it. But, you know, on the off chance that they did think about it or if it, you know, was more public or more embarrassing or something like that, um, they will kind of follow your lead. Humans are very inclined to like follow the leader you know so you kind of have to come in with that alpha energy and just brush it off don't even talk don't talk about it act like you're so unaffected be excited to see the people that maybe you were embarrassing in front of do not have do not have that like sheepish look on your face do not give them one second to look at you and think oh fuck remember that really embarrassing thing that you did because the second you give them that opening like then it's solidified like then it's there but walking into that bar or party or room or whatever and acting like 
nothing happened. Like, I'm fine. Nothing happened. Everything is normal. Everything is cool. I am a chill cucumber. Like, that is the solution. It is truly the same thing with confidence where you can fake it till you make it. If you put on an air of I'm not embarrassed and equally I an air of I'm very confident, then not only do others believe it, but eventually you start to believe it too because it's just the way that you're behaving. I still get really embarrassed about things and I worry like, oh my God, did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? But I don't show that publicly, you know? That is between myself and my shower, you know? <laughs> like that is between me, myself, my therapist, and my bed. Like I'm not sharing that with the world because when I walk out in the world, I portray somebody who's not embarrassed and who has this like confidence about them. And whether or not I feel that that's real, um, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because eventually you start to feel that way. Eventually you do start to feel like it's real. So that is unfortunately my best advice is lie. <laughs> Pretend it never happened because it is like a there's no like magic solution. There's no like I mean, I guess eventually I mean, I guess like when you get like old, old, I feel like old people are always like, I just don't give a shit about anything anymore because who cares? Nothing matters. But I don't know about you. I'm certainly not there yet in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, like there is no like magic solution. There is no like magical button you can press where all of a sudden that feeling of embarrassment just does not exist for you like it's a feeling and it's going to exist and part of it is anxiety that tells you that you've done everything wrong and everyone hates you and part of it is perhaps a lack of self-confidence and assuming that like people are going to think poorly of you because of one mistake but there's this whole little swirl little cocktail swirl of emotions that are causing you to feel like oh my god I cannot show my face in public for a month when it's like well why should you like why should you hide like why should you not enjoy yourself what you said one thing that was a little embarrassing you got a little too drunk or you you know flirted with someone and they rejected like who cares making one I mean I'm putting this in air quotes mistake does not mean you don't get to just enjoy your life so pretend it didn't happen ignore it move on <laughs> I don't know why that's all my advice today but really like some things you just you have nothing to be embarrassed about even the most embarrassing things I've ever done like whatever one of, like there was a, a time in college. Oh my god, this is the last day of college. I was so drunk. I think I've told this story before, but I was, I was wasty pants. Okay, like beyond not well. She was not here. Brain gone. Okay, just leaking out of my ears, and I, I was so embarrassing, and I behaved. So poorly, uh, so poorly. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. I was a monster. I was a mess. I did every embarrassing thing I could possibly think of doing. And then the next night I like went out, you know, I didn't drink because I was like, oh my God, I'm never drinking again. And one of my, one of the people that was with me was like, oh my God, do you remember that you did this yesterday? And all I said was, oh my God, I did. That's so funny. I was so fucked up. Even though inside, I wanted to die. I was shriveling up. I was cringing. I was like, I cannot be seen in public. But it's like, this is my last night of college. I'm not going to miss it just because like I was a little embarrassing yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to brush it off. I'm going to shake it off like Miss Taylor Swift always says. And I'm going to move forward with my life because it doesn't fucking matter. Like, everything is a blink of an eye anyways. Like, nobody remembers past like 24 hours. So it doesn't matter. Like, can you actually name one thing that your friend has done that was embarrassing like can you no no me neither <laughs> because like i don't 
think about those things and neither does anyone else. So and that's that's that on that. Let's get into our last two voicemails. Okay, voicemail five? One, two, three, four, five. Yes, voicemail number five. Let's get into this one. Hi, Ellie. Um, I'm 27 years old, and I was recently – I'm a dude. Um, I'm not going to give my name. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm 27 years old. I was recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, this is my first like, – this is my first mental health um, diagnosis. And like the biggest form of treatment is going on medication, uh, going on like a mood stabilizer uh, for bipolar disorder. Um, and I just, I have a lot of apprehension with that. Just like I, I know a ton of friends who have gone on medication and they just go through some serious changes of like appetite and sex drive and just like pretty foundational changes in just like how they go through like day to day life. So I was just wondering if you could like talk about like that and just like, First-time experiences with medication and, I don't know, shit like that. Um, thanks. Love you. Love the pod. So, I don't have bipolar disorder, so I've never taken any medication that might be prescribed for somebody with bipolar disorder. Uh, so, I can't tell you definitively about any side effects or, or how that might affect you. But I can talk generally about my experience with mental health medication which is truly like I can't believe it took me so long to it took me a really long time to be like I don't know I I I think there was a part of me that kind of was like I'm not <laughs> I'm not mentally ill enough like I'm not depressed enough I'm not anxious enough to need medication you know um, despite the fact that my therapist was very much telling me that, yes, I was. Um, but I, I don't know. There was I, th th this weird thing that happens where I was kind of like, am I faking this? Like, I'm not like faking it. It was like, it's debilitating. It's like ruining my life. And I'm like, am I faking it? Like, do I really need medication? And also there was something scary about taking a pill that like alters your mental state. Like that makes it sound like a psychedelic. Well, um, there was something really scary to me about a I don't know, like I've obviously we take medication all the time for physical ailments, right? If you have a headache, you pop an Advil, you know, if you have high cholesterol, you take some Crestor. Like there are all these things that we take all the time to help our bodies be their best. You know, we take vitamins and whatever, but we but then I'm scared to take something that's going to help my brain perform at its best. I think I was scared of losing myself or, or not feeling like myself, losing my personality. I was scared of the side effects. I'd heard scary side effects, you know. Um, and I, I just wasn't sure that, like, I could do it. But I'm so fucking glad that I did. Oh, my God. So I started taking Lexapro like a year ago. I'm currently weaning off of it because I started taking Wellbutrin about two months ago. But Lexapro is an SSRI, which is different from an antidepressant. Um, SSRIs is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's something that's going to 
I mean, it generally works better for anxiety disorders. Like it's going to target those pretty well. And for me, Lexapro worked wonders with my anxiety. What it felt like was like you're still like anxiety is a feeling and your feelings are always going to exist. But when I would have it, it wasn't overwhelming the way that it was. Like it wouldn't stop my day, stop me in my tracks. It'd be something where I felt the anxiety, but I was because I had the scaffolding in place like this, um, this little protective layer that like gave me a boost. It wasn't something that ruined my life. Like it was just something that was going to be there and then I would get through it and it would be okay. And even on bad days, they weren't as bad. And most days I didn't have any anxiety at all, which was like crazy for someone who most of my life have lived having some kind of anxious feeling, anxious thought, um, rumination or panic attack you know every single day like it really did change my life and now my anxiety has gone um to such a low place that we decided to start targeting more depression because (laughs) well the anxiety was fixed but turns out underneath all that anxiety keeping me going was a lot of depression so we started taking wellbutrin i say we like it's me and my psychiatrist no just me i started taking wellbutrin Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, envies, all everyone who's listening, listen to me. <laughs> if your doctor is like, you might be depressed, ask for fucking Wellbutrin. Okay. I mean, I'm not a doctor. It might not work for you. It might not be for you. Some people, it doesn't work for them. Oh my God, I would lay down my life for Miss Wellbutrin. She is the sun, the moon, the stars. I love her so very fucking much. She's up there with Taylor Swift for me and things that like I cannot live without. Um, I cannot even explain to you. First of all, like I am feeling so much better. I have so much more energy. I feel like myself, like that blanket of depression that was like on top of me for so long that I was like, I can just get out of this if I walk more or if I clean my apartment more but everything felt so hard to do and with this like little boost from Wellbutrin I have been able to just get my life back on track in a way that I just truly was not able to when I was really under the weight of all that depression um and there are certainly side effects one of them is happening to me right now (laughs) I do um I do it, it gives you a lot of energy um so sometimes I get like jiggly leg a little bit but whatever, there's worse things. With Wellbutrin, generally, you're not going to see weight gain. You're not going to see a lack of sex drive. In fact, the opposite. Sometimes it increases your sex drive. Certainly in me, it doesn't increase my sex drive. Um, And those are kind of the scary. Sometimes I feel like people feel like if you take an antidepressant, it automatically means that like your sex drive is going to disappear. And that's not necessarily true. I didn't feel that with Lexapro at all. Um, And I'm certainly not feeling that with Wellbutrin. So look, there are side effects. But If you're experiencing a side effect, it's not like you just have to deal with it. If you're experiencing a side effect and it's something that like you do not, like you can't handle it. Like um, I was experiencing a lot of night sweats on both pills and like I hate it, but I can handle it. So it's not a big deal for me. But if there was a symptom that like I was having that was just absolutely out of, like I could not handle it. You just tell your psychiatrist and they will try something new. They will change the dose or they will give you a different pill or a combination of pills like you mess with it until you find what's right for you so side effects are scary yeah it doesn't feel great to like (laughs) like that is what what a lot of people worry about is those side effects but having a side effect doesn't mean you have to have that side effect forever it just like 
It could mean that you need to change the medication. It could mean that you just have to push through it for two weeks. It could mean that um, you change the dose. It could mean a lot of things. But if you're on the fence or if you're scared or if you're like, I don't know if this is for me, but I, I kind of want to try it. I've been recommended to try it. I would say go for it. Like I would never recommend something that I like. I know that it's a medical thing. And so like recommending something like this is um, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not a doctor, but I can't even tell you the way that these medications have changed my life. And now I'm like all in. I'm fully all in. I think I was being so fucking silly, so ridiculous when I like refused to take mental health medication. It's so worth it. And it really like it doesn't change you. It brings you back to you, if that makes sense. Obviously, there are some heavy duty drugs like lithium that they used to give people back in the day that would fuck you up. You would be a zombie. But today is not 1960. You know, mental health has come a long way and these medications have come a long way and you're not going to be like zonked out and no personality like dead inside zombie. You're going to start feeling like you. It's just like you with a little bit of boost. The way my doctor always says is like, your bad days are just a little bit not as bad. Like your lows are just not as low. Like you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, but those lows are not going to go as low because you have this support system and this like scaffolding there. So if you're on the fence, if you're worried, um, I mean, I, I just, I would try it. <laughs> I really, I really would try it. I cannot recommend it more. Um, and I'm sorry that I couldn't be more of help with um, particular medications that you might be on, but Again, if you're experiencing really bad side effects, you talk to your doctor and you'll figure something out. I promise. So let's get into our very last voicemail about how to express your needs before the DTR. Hi, Ellie. Uh, I am a longtime listener um, for the last couple of years. Um, and I have a question or maybe multiple questions. I'm going to just walk you through my uh, current situation. Um, I'm 26, just like you. I've never been in a relationship before. Um, I have been talking with, seeing, been dating, going on dates with um, this guy since the end of July. Um, I really like him. He really likes me. He expresses that uh, verbally. He expresses that through his actions. Um, I've kind of been feeling a lot of feelings that I've never felt before and just trying to, you know, gauge myself through that uh, as best as possible. Um, one thing that maybe just in the past that I've experienced is just like, uh, lack of communication from guys um, before and feeling like I get kind of dropped off um, by the wayside, um, not really given an explanation, being ghosted, um, feeling like, you know, the guy doesn't really communicate specifically with, um, you know, hey, like I'm out of town or hey, this, hey, that. Hopefully you get what I mean. Um, and I'm kind of, kind of going through that right now with this guy that I've been talking to where um, – We've, we've been seeing each other a lot, but he doesn't always quite communicate with me um, or, like, reach out with me about, like, hey, just, like, wanted to check in with you, just wanted to make sure, um, you know, that you're doing okay. Um, and it's kind of hard just because it feels like I get, like, all this, you know, PTSD from past experiences. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, psych myself out, and I'm not trying to, like, go, you know, off the rails. <laughs> um, but it does worry me, and I'm not so sure how to go about this kind of conversation especially when we haven't established um like who we are like the defining the relationship conversation quite yet um and i know it is important to me um and i know i probably should 
bring it up. So, I don't know, I, I guess my question is how do you bring that up, um, especially when you haven't defined the relationship? Do you need to define the relationship first before you can have a conversation like that? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know how to categorize this question. It feels kind of complicated. Um, but maybe you can help me out. Um, looking forward to a response. Um, thank you so much for all that you do and all the wise words that you share. Um, take care and have a great rest of your day. Bye. So I think what the core of this question is comes from a fear of seeming like crazy for asking for effort. Um, and I 100% feel that feeling of like, if you're asking for um, a certain thing, like you're asking that like even asking for something very simple and small before they are your like proper boyfriend, that means you're being insane or you're being crazy and they're going to be like, she's high maintenance and she's crazy and they're not going to want you. First of all, that's not true. <laughs> First of all, that's not true. Um, and secondly, if you're dating someone who does think that, you should run away because they are not good people. But I think with your question here, you don't need to be in a relationship to communicate your needs. It's not crazy or out of left field or like anything like that to need reassurance, especially in the beginning of a relationship when everything is kind of tense and scary and delicate and like you feel like everything could fall apart in one moment. Like you've been seeing each other now long enough, I think it's been like two months, that this is honestly a good test of like dipping your toes in the water of here's a need I'm communicating. Is he able to listen to the need I'm communicating and, you know, put in effort to address that need? Like, this is a good place to start because it's not like you're asking for a lot. You're just asking for a little bit of reassurance and we all need a little bit of reassurance. Like, I think that you start, I don't know, sometimes I think it's good to start by like doing the behavior that you would like them to do um, and then having the conversation about it kind of like because sometimes like again like I said before like humans we tend to follow the leader like we tend to mirror so if you're kind of reaching out and I don't know that you're not doing this but if you are sometimes like hey I'm having a really busy day today I'm not really going to be able to check in if you send a text like that or if you're like hey I'm going out of town this weekend but I want to see you when I get back that's great or if you're just like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while, just wanted to check in and make sure everything's okay. Or, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while, just wanted to check in and say what's up. If you're doing those behaviors, it might make him feel like, oh, like I could be doing that kind of thing too and show him like the communication style that you're expecting. Like you're almost giving him a rubric. But again, we can't expect people to read our minds as much as I think that would be really great, um, men in particular are not going to read your mind. So um, I think it's good to show the behavior that like you want emulated, but it's also an easy conversation to have. You start like with a compliment. It's like, okay, did you rush? I don't know if you rushed. Um, <laughs> but when you are a, not a PNM, when you're like in the house and you're like rushing girls and you talk about... Um, and you like have to talk about a PNM. You have to do like a compliment sandwich. Who the fuck is is ringing my doorbell right now? You have to do like a compliment sandwich. Like you say one nice thing, one negative thing, one nice thing, so that it's not like, um, yeah, so it's not like a, a super negative. You're not like trashing on someone. So it's the same technique that you would want to use it when you're communicating a need like this. You're like. Um, I feel like you're usually you're like super, super responsive and I love 
that about you. Like, and then you say, once in a while, I feel like you don't, once in a while, sometimes I feel like you don't communicate with me when like you're busy or you're out of town. And it makes me a little bit anxious just because I've had past bad experiences. And then you would end it nicely and just be like, reassure him almost like, I just wanted to say that like you are not doing anything wrong. I just um, I just like really like hanging out with you and I want to make sure that I can talk to you when I'm feeling like anxious about something. And I know that you're super receptive to that. So thank you for um, always listening when I need to communicate things like this. You know, it's the compliment sandwich. Obviously say it however like you need to say it, but definitely start with like you're great about this. Then you go to here's what is making me unhappy or uncomfortable or anxious or sad and how I would like there to be a, a change in behavior. Who the fuck is calling me? Oh, my mom's calling me. Hi, mom, can I call you back in like five minutes? Okay, I love you, bye. <laughs> oh my God, okay. Um, and then you just, and then you end it by giving another compliment saying, you know, you're not doing anything wrong and I'm like, I really love the way you do X, Y, and Z um, and thank you for, for listening. Because that way it's like, he won't feel like you're attacking him. He won't feel like you're asking for too much. You're just saying like, hey, there's this like little thing that I sometimes have a little bit of trouble with and I really like hanging out with you. So I just wanted to bring it up because I don't want to like freak out. <laughs> like that's normal. And you do have to kind of release the fear of seeming crazy because the right person doesn't give a shit what you say. Truly, they don't. It's not like you're asking to get married right now. Like you're literally just asking for him to like give you a little bit of reassurance and that's fine. But yeah, easy peasy. Like this is not something to stress about. This is not a big deal. Any normal person can understand this need and communication is the foundation to every relationship. So it's a good thing that you want to have this conversation now before things possibly get more serious and all of a sudden you're in an eight month long relationship where you literally cannot communicate with this person <laughs> um so yeah i think that's everything i have to say today besties how are we doing any more thoughts i think i'm good i think i'm done um let's see what is our song of the week today well, i feel like it should be a taylor swift song because i'm just so excited for her new album actually you know what i'm gonna do this one for michaela for my girl michaela i'm gonna do this new blackpink song pink venom because it actually is kind of a fucking banger so uh, that's our song of the week because it's a banger and also because taylor used it in a tiktok and i think that's it i love you guys so much i appreciate your support i appreciate your questions i'm always here for you if you have any questions comments concerns thoughts, feelings if you want to leave a voicemail the number is 847-282-0462 please call in please send me dms um i always love hearing from you guys if there are guests you want to hear from, let me know about that as well. If you like this show, feel free to subscribe. Leave a nice little review if you want. And if you like me, you can follow me on social media. My Twitter is holy underscore schnitt. My Instagram is ellie underscore schnitt. And my TikTok is ellie schnitt. The voicemail is always linked in the um, description of the show and also on my Instagram profile. So you'll always find that. If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk with Spotify. Just search it on Spotify and you will find it. And oh my gosh, I think that's everything. <laughs> um, but yes, I love you guys. I love you so, 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 so much. I hope you have the best freaking week. I hope it's filled with love and joy and beautiful things and pastries and all that jazz. 
I love you. And as always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.